Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to be here this morning. And Father, as we come to the close of this series, we pray, Lord, that once again you speak to us. As we open your word, Lord, guide us and let us hear the voice of Jesus. In his name that we pray, amen. Well, it's been a few weeks now since we started our, the series, the ABCs and Ds of the family. And uh, we've studied uh, a few elements. And today I want to tell you a story to begin the message. Back in the day when I was a young kid, probably seven or six, it, it had been a long Saturday, and that Saturday afternoon, we went to uh, the house of some of the family friends because they were celebrating a birthday. As you know how it goes, birthday parties on Saturday, they go late. So when we arrived back to our home in Mexico City, our home was surrounded by six feet high walls. My dad always had the... the tradition of going around the house, turning the lights, and see that everything was safe. But that day, things were a little bit different. In the backyard, when he turned on the light, there was a man who was not part of our family. My dad began to scream at this man to get out of the house. He didn't get into the house, but he was on the back, in the backyard. So this man was trying to climb back and my dad had the clever idea, and he yelled, son, get the gun. I was the son. <laughs> and right away came the realization, we don't have a gun. <laughs> so I went to the toolbox that my dad had, and I got a pipe that looked like a rifle in the dark. So I yelled, Dad, I got it, I got it. <laughs> this man who in multiple attempts could not jump over the fence, now in one strong leap got over the fence because I got the gun. See, there's one thing that will remain, and it's the memories. Every family has memories. Some of those memories make us laugh. Some others make us cry. But regardless of what kind of family you come from, what kind of family you live in now, there will always be memories. Memories are like the Snapchat. Snapshots, not Snapchat, <laughs> Snapshots, that's a different story, but kind of, although they go away real quick, but they're the snapshots that color our life, and we could have an album of memories. We might not have the picture or the post on Instagram, but we have a clear memory of what happened. Today, I want to talk to you about the letter D, and that is delight. We are charged with a task as we become members of a family, especially if we are the parents, because as parents, we are charged with creating memories of delight to our children, because see, today we'll try to answer this question. 
When your children leave your house and they go to form their own family, what memories will they share with their children about the time that they lived with you? Now, you see, we have the responsibility of creating delightful memories. However, the story might be, God has worked with us in different ways. In the book of Romans, and you have your notes in the bulletin that you received at the entrance. Chapter 12, verse 10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. And if you remember exactly what we talked about every week, you'll remember that this is the text that we opened this series with. Outdo one another in showing honor. During the first week, we learned about affection. That the A stands for affection. On the second week, we studied about balance. The B stood and stands for balance. Last week, we talked about communication. That's the letter C. And today is delight. I want to think that our families work in the same way that our Internet browsers work. If you are familiar with the Internet, to go onto the Internet, to go to a website, you need an application, a program, regardless, uh, I don't know, depends if you are a PC user or a Mac user, a program or an application that allows you to navigate the Internet to get to a place that you're looking for. But oftentimes, as we're going through the Internet, and it's amazing that they gave it the proper term, as we serve the web... You find that some waves catch you and you end up somewhere else. At the end of your day, or maybe the next day, if you want to remember, if you want to go back to where you were, you go into a place specifically called the history. See, every day as we are part of our family, we create a history. God made us in a way that... Every memory, every moment that we experience in our family gets, a, gets stored. And see, it works kind of like this. It has our memory, where, where those memories are stored are, are in our brain, have three different compartments. And, and I like to picture them like this to you. Have you ever been to LAX? Yeah, the airport is an amazing place. But see, think about the different parking lots for LAX. The first of them is the, the, the drop-off place or the pickup place. Depends on what of the two stories you go to. You go right there. You go real quick. You, you either open the car quickly and get the luggage out and you hug and say and kiss goodbye to your friends, family members, and then you take off real quick. If you stay too long, you get a ticket. Then is a little bit farther away, in the middle of the loop, is the short-term parking. You paid quite a bit to park there, but at least you know that your vehicle could be there for a few hours. 
You might go into the, into the terminal waiting for your, for your friends, your family members. You look at the board and you see if the, the flight is on time, what gate is arriving to. You see if it's delayed. But because you're parked in the short-term parking lot, you know you're secure for the remaining of the wait. Now, farther away, outside of the airport, it's another kind of parking. You know which one that is? The long-term parking lot. You see, that is kind of how our brain works. In Proverbs 10, 7 says, The memory of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. You know what this proverb is telling us? That our job is to create good memories. Now, because God designed us, to have memories, he divided our brain in three different storing, storing devices. The first one is a sensorial memory. Sensorial memory. This is a memory, and it's amazing because, see, our brain, it's allowed to store 6,000 images a second. 6,000 images a second. A lot of those images are kind of fuzzy. They don't last very long. Maybe we have to look back or, or turn around to, to, to see it again. But see, what remains is the effect that each one of those images have in our senses. Have you been to a place that you walk in and you smell something? That, oh, it smells like grandma's cooking or like my boy's bedroom. Not, not that my boy's bedroom smells, just, I'm just, you know. You have that thing that when you smell something, it reminds you of something else that happened in the past or, or a place or a person. Or you hear a song and brings you back to the moment when you were there in that cool afternoon at the beach with that girl. That dumped you the week after. But, but you remember, you, 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 you remember because of that song who at one moment passed through your senses, it became a memory that you stored. The same thing happens with food and, and, and what we see, what we hear, what we smell. Anything that our five senses go through, memories, little things, triggers are stored in our sensory memory. There's no details. There's only association. The second part of our memory that God designed in our brains is a short-term memory, just like the LAS, LAX parking lot. This is in a specific part of the brain, and, and, and this short-term memory remembers things completely for just a minute. For just a minute. Maybe that's why when I preach a message and I ask you the next week, what was it about? You're like, huh? Oh. You know, but because the images and, and whatever you remember from that short-term exposure, it only lasts for a minute. The only way to make that short-term memory pass to the long-term memory storage unit is if you review it. That's why we give you notes to write. Oh, now I get it. Yes, that's why we give you notes. 
Now, the long-term memory, you guessed it right. This long-term memory, it's very different than the other two because he stores memories for an indefinite period of time. But there's one thing. The details get a little bit fuzzy. Because, see, it's happened that you are with somebody who experienced the same event with you, and you begin to tell the story, and you have a little bit different versions of it. You're not lying. Just that the details of the event get a little bit fuzzy in the long-term memory. See, we all, I believe that all of us have a photographic memory. Just that some of us don't, don't have film. <laughs> or like the late Pastor Kevin is used to say, I have a very good memory. The problem is that it's short. And that is what happens. The memories that come through our senses all the time have an impact in who we are. Oftentimes, the impact is immediate. Oftentimes, it lingers until the next experience occurs. But some of them last a lifetime. So how are we going to create positive, delightful memories in our family? The first suggestion that I have for you this morning is that we have to learn to delight in God. Yes, I'm a pastor. I have to say that. But notice why. Remember that I asked the question at the beginning, what will your children tell their children about you? Well, now I'm going to be more specific with you at this moment. What would your children tell their children about their experience with God in your home? And as we pause for a second, let's just go back to last Saturday's lunch. Okay, a month ago. What was the conversation at the table about? Was it about the experience of, of the worship and the, and the songs and, and, and how God spoke to you that day? Or was it about how the sister or the brother were dressed? Or about, the, or about the mistakes that happen. What are the conversations in the morning or at night right before you go to bed or when you wake up? Are they about committing to God for the day or, or thanking God for the experience of that day? Is it God mentioned at all in your household? Because remember, what we're doing as parents is installing in our children... Memories. <laughs> that was good. Genesis 9.16 says, When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. You remember the story, right? Not because you were there, but you remember the story. This is the story of the flood. Noah was told that God was going to destroy the earth by water. And at one moment, the Bible says that the fountains 
of water that were above the earth, above the expansion, and the, and the, and the fountains of the waters below the earth opened up, and the whole earth was flooded. Maybe that's why we call it the flood. Now, the Bible says that it rained for how many days? Forty. Why do you remember that? Because you just read it? Because sometime when you were little, you were brought to Sabbath school. This is not a story that we hear when we're adults. This is a story that we hear when we're little. Now, you remember that it, it rained for 40 days and Noah and, all, and his wife and his three sons and their wives were in the ark. And they were there for a long period of time. In fact, it was about a year that they were in the ark until the water receded. That's a long time be living with animals. I'm waiting for the right moment. Now, the earth was chaos. The ark was chaos. But God made out of the chaos a beautiful thing. In fact, if we go back a little bit in this story, we find that before God created this planet was chaos. God is in the business of where chaos exists. Now think about your family for a second. Where chaos exists, God makes something beautiful. And He gave us a promise. He gave us a promise. And the promise was that when Noah saw the rainbow, it was a promise that God was going to restore what was destroyed. Now, this does not mean that God gives good toys to those who behave well. Because see, we have to face the consequences of our decisions. But God has promised that even when we make bad choices, God is still dedicated, committed to restore what we have broken. That's why he gave the rainbow. The second thing that we have to remember to make good memories in our family. The first one is delight in God. The second one is delight in experiences. This has to do with family traditions. Things that you do as a family. You see, I am not a traditional person. If you know me a little bit, you know that I am not a traditional pastor. I am not a traditional person. I don't like tradition. I came from the Catholic Church. I am not a traditional person. My mom used to teach the catechism in the Catholic Church. She's an Adventist now. But I used to kid around with her. But I will tell you that one later. Now you're like, oh, come on, tell us. Okay, I will tell you. Just because I like you and I want to create memories with you. See, depends from the family and the experience that you come from. Because see, there, there's something that sociologists call worldview. Are you familiar with that? And worldview is the lens through which people see the world. 
If you come from a family with certain kinds of experiences, and you marry somebody who comes from another family with, a dif with different kinds of experiences, how do you think your family together is going to be? Now imagine when you marry somebody from another culture. See, it's kind of funny. I'll get to my mom's story in a second. But see, it, it's kind of funny. My wife, she, she is uh, uh, Argentinian. She was born in, in, in Argentina, and I was born in Mexico. So you figure, oh, you both speak Spanish. Ah. Everything was fine until our children were born. Because, see, since we met between us, we spoke English. But when our kids were born, my wife asked me, what are we going to speak to the children? And I responded in English, Spanish. So we try to speak Spanish to our boys until the food issue came to the table. Because, see, corn for me is elote. For her, is choclo. Peas, for me, are chicharos. For her, arvejas. Uh, string beans, for me, are ejotes. For her, are chauchas. Beans, for me, are frijoles. For her, are porotos. So you can just imagine the confusion that it was to teach Spanish to our children at the table. Now, when I call my kids in Spanish, I tell them, Ben, when she calls them, she, calls, she says, Vení. So now our children go like, what? <laughs> but the problem didn't stop there. The problem went with the grandparents. Because see, when somebody calls a child in my country... When you're called upon, you respond, Monday. In my wife's country, Monday is what the slaves respond. So now you see the conundrum. And everything was fine until the first World Cup that my children remember came. <laughs> it happened that my dad would tell my boys, who do you go for? Gianni, my oldest one, would say, well, I go to Me to Mex for Mexico, abuelito. And my mother-in-law would say, who do you go for? I go for Argentina. Everything was fine until the day that Argentina and Mexico played each other. <laughs> we were gathered in my house to watch the game. And there, right in between grandparents, was Gianni. And both of them looked at him and asked, who do you go for? Looked at grandparents and said, I'm American. I go for the United States. <laughs> you see, you can script those things. You can write those things. You can plan them. But they all happen in the family. Now, when we talk about experiences, everything that we do, every, every tradition that we create, every event that we celebrate in their home embeds an image, a memory in our children. So that they, when they grow up, that is who they become. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, 
says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, you remember this text? Sounds familiar? When do we use it? You know why we use it in communion every time? Why don't we use another text? This is why. Verse 24. And when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. What Jesus was doing with the disciples was he was creating a... Good, you're all awake this morning. He was creating memories. Because he wanted that every single one of the members of his family from then until he would come will remember that. That he was coming back to celebrate. And then Paul continues that remember this until I come. Guess what is the first thing we're going to do when we get to heaven? Celebrate a meal. God showed us that it's so important to delight in experiences. Now, how do we do this? How do we celebrate these experiences? Well, first, we have to be consistent, consistent, consistent. A first annual is not a tradition. We have to be consistent, consistent. Traditions make memories, but they have to be repeated. One of the challenges that I face as a pastor in my house is that my job, my job is to lead in worship. I felt that if I led worship in my house, I was working. Thank God that Paola is a very spiritual woman. And in that, she's taken charge. And she's done a great job. Way better than what I could have done. Every night, she makes sure that every child is prayed with. That a text is read, that questions are asked, because traditions are not made once. They have to be consistent. The second thing is that they have to be creative. As you see, all of us can be creative. All of us can be creative. There was a time when my boys loved to play with Nerf guns. This is the thing. They heard the stories when I was a boy that we had a pellet rifle in our house. And the stories about my dad and I competing in, in, in shooting things at, at fairs. So when they heard the stories, the first thing they wanted to have was a rifle. But we don't do weapons anymore. For different reasons. Especially because my wife doesn't like them. I still do, but she doesn't. So to keep the peace in the house, we decided we're not going to have anything. But we got Nerf guns. And if you're familiar with Nerf guns, they're super fun. And there were times 
where our bedroom and a living room, our house is kind of open. This is not really divisions between the, the rooms within the house except the bedrooms and the kitchen. So we would turn over the furniture and those were our trenches. There was a time when we had about 200 of those Nerf guns all over the house. And they were flying through the house. People with goggles were hitting on the forehead. That was the rule. You can only lose when you get hit on the forehead. So we would have teams. There's four of us, four boys, and we would play with the Nerf guns. You wanted to play with the Nerf guns? You have to do your chores and your homework. You're done? All right, let's play. We have this much time, and this is the thing. You have this much time. If they had two minutes left, that's all we had. But we played with the Nerf guns. One time we had a birthday party, and guess what they wanted to celebrate with? Nerf guns. So our backyard became a kind of like a Nerf gun range field. Kids came in camo gear. This in the backyard. And all kinds of things. And we had teams going and kids. You think they will ever forget that? I still, when I fold the clothes after the laundry, I fold the clothes. I don't cook, but I fold the clothes. Remember, I don't get in the kitchen. Very dangerous. <laughs> but I fold the clothes. I still fold the camel shirt that they made for that particular day. It's still there. It was huge back then, but now they still wear it. It's still there. So be creative. It's okay to go out of the box. The third thing about experiences is that you could be adventurous. You don't need to climb the Everest or dive in caves. One time, it was Mother's Day. And, uh, you know, we did the usual in the morning. We went to a restaurant, one of the favorite of my mom and, and, and Paola's, and we went to have brunch. But then, Paola said, let's take the train. The brand new gold line was open. And we said, let's go on the train. We didn't know where we were going. We just got on the train. We saw all kinds of people. And we got to the end of the train. And we have to come back. The thing is that we went out of the train and then we had to pay again. We missed that little detail. But then we got on the train. We stopped near my mom's house for ice cream. We didn't plan it. But we got on the train, something that we never do. You should, have kid, you should have seen the kids' faces. At first, no, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. But once they were on it, their face changed. You don't have to spend a fortune. All you have to do is do something different. Create experiences. So the first delight is on what? On who? Okay, you fell asleep now. On what? On God. The second? On experiences. And the third? Delight and family members. Acts 20, 31 tells us the story of Paul. Well, a little bit of the story of Paul. But this is the part when Paul was saying his goodbyes. Paul had to spend time with people in every place that he went to preach. 
In fact, everywhere he went, he spent months starting a church, developing leadership, preaching to them, teaching to them. And, and then he would leave to a different place. But you know how it is. When the pastor leaves, you create memories, you create experiences, you create emotional attachments, relationships. So, so Paul is leaving, but they know that he's leaving for good. He's never coming back. Not even to dedicate babies. He's gone. Now Paul is standing on the beach. About to take the boat that will take him away from them forever. And he says, Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease, not a day, to admonish everyone with tears. For three years Paul preached to that community. And the elders are there around him. They're praying with him on his departure. Verse 37, and there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him. What is happening? You see what's happening here? Paul and, the, uh, and his church leaders are crying there because they know Paul is leaving and he is not coming back. See, something interesting about the family of Paul. You know what Paul was before he was a disciple of Jesus? He was a Pharisee. Now, some historians believe that Paul was not just a Pharisee, but he was a member of the Sanhedrin. In other words, he was a member of the leadership of the Pharisees. That meant that Paul had a high position. However, there's something that we tend to forget. That to become part of the Sanhedrin, the members had to be married why is it that we never find a reference to the wife or family of Paul? It is believed that when Paul left his post as a Sanhedrin member, as, 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 as a Pharisee, and, and had that encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, and when Paul began to preach about Jesus and lost his connection, his position, and his financial income because of he was a Pharisee. Now, Paul is abandoned by his family. That freedom allowed him to go everywhere else. And now, his family are those who he has converted to follow Jesus. So at the beach, he's crying with members of his family. How? Can we delight with our family members? First thing, we got to have fun. Simple. We got to have fun. Nobody likes to live with somebody who has a face as someone who has sucked on lemons for 30 years. But everybody wants to be with people who are fun. Are you with me? Then smile. It's simple. Left side first, then right side. Teeth open. Show it. Smile. And fun comes in different ways. Oftentimes, the funnest things come unplanned. You don't plan about these things. You see, the, it is interesting. When we take our children to school for the first day, Always the first day is interesting. And, and, and you know, as parents, let's be honest. See, back in the day when, I, when my kids were in school, uh, cell phones were a little bit different. 
that, that were not like today. Social media did not exist. But now you know that first day of school, you line up your children with the signs, first day of junior year in college, you know. We do that. We do that. We do that. We want to show the world. Because, see, when we take our children to school that first day, it's not about the children. It's about us. I'm growing up as a parent. I have school kids now. You see? We, and we celebrate that. We have fun. And so I remember the first day when I took Gianni to his first day of kindergarten. So I went to pick him up. He's sitting in the back seat of the car. And I asked the question. Jenny, what did you learn? I was expecting something like, I don't know, I learned the Pythagorean theorem, you know, how to discover the, the length of the hypotenuse in a triangle, you know. But no, no. He says, Dad, who is Darth Vader? <laughs> In my head, I'm thinking, is that why I spent so much money to send you to school? No. But see, I had two options. And this, this is what happens as, we, uh, as parents. We have two options. I could have said, as a pastor, as a Christian, as, as a concerned parent of the education of my child, son, that is not why we send you to school. We don't talk about those things in our home. I'm going to talk to the principal. How is it that you learn about that Vader at school? I could have done that. And then my child would never come to me with any questions. I opted for the second option. Son, Darth Vader is a guy who didn't listen to his teacher... And bad things happen to him. <laughs> By your reaction, I know that you know what I'm talking about. So you know that I didn't lie. And I use that moment as a teaching moment. And at the same time, we have fun with it. So we delight the family members when we have fun. The second thing that we delight with our family members with, is sharing. Sharing. Good memories are not planned. They're not part of any outline of life. They just happen. But, but I like to think like this. When I was in college, I took a class that was titled short history of the movies. It was part of the art requirements. And I remember that class was every Wednesday night at the auditorium in the college. So at 7 o'clock, all we did every Wednesday was watch movies. From the old and silent movies, different genres, Russian movies, French movies, American movies, so much Hitchcock's movies, all kinds of movies. And I discovered that every movie was very similar to the other. There was someone who was the hero. There was someone who was the villain. 
there was a crisis at some point. There was a struggle. And then the resolution. Always at the end. It didn't matter if it was a Russian movie or a French movie or an American movie. It didn't matter if it was a war movie or a chick flick. It didn't matter. What mattered was the vision that the director had as he was leading each and every one of the scenes, how he led, how he narrated the story, because at the end, it showed what he had seen from the beginning. I like to think that our God, when we allow him to be part of our lives, he becomes the director. And when we look for His will to be done in our families, every scene, every scene, even though there might be crisis, it could become a memory to be never forgotten. Because at the end, we will remember that at every step of the way, we enjoy the delight on God, on the experiences that we share, and on each one of the members of our family. And let me tell you good news. You might think, well, my family is already, my kids are grown. I don't have little kids anymore. It's never too late. As long as we have breath, we can create memories. We could be instrumental to tell our story. Because it is through stories the life is formed. The light is created. Let's make our life, a delightful one. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much <laughs> for calling us your children, for allowing us to be part of your family. And, and Father, we could look back and see all the mistakes we've made in the past, all the pain that we've gone through in our families. But Father, we thank you because today we can rejoice that the story is not done. That there are many chapters yet to be written. So let us seek for your will. Let us seek for delight in you. Help us to make the choices that make the relationships within our family members joyful and happy. Help us, Lord, to choose to honor one another, to outdo one another in honoring each other. Help us, Lord, to, to seek to, to glorify each one of the members of our family as we glorify you. Because we know that if we don't have a relationship with you, our relationships on earth will be shallow. So, God, help us to bring you to be part of our families. And help us to create the memories that will never be erased. The memories that one day we were lost, but today... We are found. And help us to celebrate that victory at dinner time in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, everyone.